0: everyone and welcome back to the Divorce Dad Diaries and I'm your host Stéphane Jutra. This is episode 5, COVID-19 and the kids custody. Before we dive into the heart of episode 5, a lot of things have been happening the past few weeks since we actually last published a podcast. As we all know and aware, we're in the middle of a pandemic now pretty much affecting the whole world so a lot of things that have been happening or a lot of things that people have been doing uh, have been put on hold or even stopped affecting pretty much everyone some people lost their jobs kids are not in school anymore uh, depending which country you're in also there's some uh, isolation you're not allowed to go out some other countries basically have the essential services only working and all non-essential is actually closed So, um, I mean, here in Canada, they started early on that. So it's been probably three weeks since all the schools and universities and everything's been closed. And actually, I've been working from home as well, like a lot of people. So everybody that could work from home is actually working from home. And every couple of days to every week, there's always a bit more kind of uh, rules that they add to make sure that they can contain the virus and the spread of it. And uh, that ensure as well that this ends as soon as possible. At this point, nobody really knows, obviously, when it will end. We kind of have a bit of a example of what happened in China, uh, but uh, every country is pretty different. So here in Canada, we've been, I would say, up to this point, knock on wood, kind of lucky. The government turned around pretty quickly, and uh, the federal, the provincial government, even the city. So at this point, the death rate is not, we don't have that many people, that many deaths. Uh, compared to other countries, and it seems to be more or less under control. But what that means is we have to stay home and minimize, basically, our trips outside, except maybe to go to the grocery store and pharmacies or things that we need, or maybe taking a walk, but really uh, enforcing that social distancing, everybody uh, two meters apart, and make sure that we don't get in contact with anybody else. Obviously, like I said at the beginning, everybody's affected, really. want to say at first is... I hope everybody's doing well on their side and uh, best of luck. And I know it's not easy. Some countries, some cities might be harder than others, but the good thing is uh, we'll get through this. There's a lot of things happening and a lot of, uh, you know, research been done and different solutions being looked at. We'll definitely go through it. It's just a matter of time and being a bit patient and staying home and washing your hands and uh, staying two meters apart. So in the meantime, uh, We might get bored at times. I'm sure a lot of people uh, are catching up on their favorite series on Netflix or on their favorite podcast as well. I hope this podcast reaches uh, you guys and maybe a new audience at the same time. Uh, That's a great opportunity to catch up on podcasts and to see what's available on the Apple Store. Maybe subscribe to new ones and try out some uh, new titles. So for this episode, what I wanted to uh, talk about, I'm pretty sure pretty much every podcast out there is talking a bit about it or there's something about it. I guess every podcast can kind of look at a different angle. For me, as a divorced dad, like I mentioned, I have two kids. And when this started happening, the first thing uh, that came to my mind was what will be happening with the kids? I mean, we have shared custody at the moment, but it wasn't really clear how this would work because the more we go, the more the government talks about uh, social distancing and talks about, you know, no more groups of more than three people, they also really encourage everybody to stay home and minimize their moves around outside. So uh, my first thought was what happens with the shared custody with the kids? I mean, the kids, they stay, for example, with me. At the moment, it's two weeks, two weeks, two weeks here and two weeks with their mom. But uh, how does that work? Do we have to stop that? You know, if we go to full isolation, like in some other countries, do we need to keep our kids in one place? Can we st- still switch one to the other? A lot of questions questions came up on this. So at first, it was maybe two, three weeks ago when that all started, I started doing some research. And to be honest, there wasn't much on the topic at the time. It wasn't clear yet. But again, we didn't know where this would would go. So I guess people were not too concerned. It was kind of starting. And a lot of questions were up in the air. And there was not a lot of answers. And even though we knew it would kind of come, nobody knew it would scale that big throughout the whole world. And it would affect pretty much Uh, everybody on the planet and again we're talking about like being careful washing your hands and things like that so it wasn't uh, that um, that urgent but after a week or two when they started talking about social distancing and staying home and really encouraging people not to go out except to go get food um, yeah kind of became a bit more nervous about what would happen uh, with the kids so again uh, the way it You know, if you have families that are on good terms, it's a lot easier and you can manage and discuss about what you want to do. If ever isolation is required by the government, for example, and we have to stay home and not go out, uh, what do we do, right? So we can have a discussion with your spouse on that one saying maybe it makes more sense to go to the mom's place during that time because, you know, maybe she has a house and the dad has an apartment or vice versa. Or uh, maybe we'll still continue to do, uh, you know, we'll just go straight from one house to the other and just keep it as it is. But as we know, this is kind of the ideal uh, scenario when the spouses are still friends and have great communication. So a plan can be actually written down and, and deciding what we do. So, what happens when communication is not that, uh, it's not there really, and maybe not as good as it should be? What happens? There might be arguments about who keeps the kids. And basically, do we still keep the schedule or not? We shouldn't keep the schedule because the kids should be safe in one place and really minimize the movement between houses. Or even there's other arguments that might come up too uh, about a spouse not trusting the other one because uh, they don't trust that uh, the other person is doing the proper social distancing or there's other risk involved. So this might cause a lot of arguments and a lot of discussion to basically know what, what you do with the kids. I mean, at the end of the day, the most important thing is the safety of the kids. So I think that should be the priority number one when discussing the topic. And I know for me, that was also uh, very important. Uh, but at the same time, I think it's important to find a way that the kids can be with both parents and not just, you know, if we're in isolation for the next six months, it, I don't think it makes much sense to have the kids in one place and not being able to see the other parent uh, for six months. But again it depends for some uh, for some couples that might be okay in my case definitely will be really a tough a tough thing not being able to see to see my kids for example for 2 or 3 months in a row or 4 months in a row i know there's other options and again uh, we talk about uh, social distancing and i mean the best way even staying home now with the technology if this would have happened like 20 years ago it would have been a different story maybe we could have talked over the phone but now with all the different uh, chat applications and what's available out there to do conferencing and having a bunch of people, uh, it makes staying in touch a lot easier. But again, it's good when, when you uh, basically want to talk with friends or your parents or you know, your sister, or your uncle, but when it comes down to your kids, seeing them through a screen is, is not the same thing. And at the end of the day, it would affect both parents and also definitely affect the kids. So uh, even though there's some technology there that can be used, it's still uh, not as easy as uh, we might think. So we talked about uh, different cases, if you want, related to how do we deal with the kids. There's also a third one, and might be a bit more, but kind of a third one as well. Of if one of the parents is either traveling, even though travel there's pretty much travel bans everywhere now, but Hora has been traveling, so we, you know, they need to stay in quarantine for 14 days. Or some parents might have a job that's kind of high risk. For example, nurses, doctors, and all the essential services that are there. Uh, it might be uh, something obviously better if the kids would stay with the other parents during that time. Because obviously... The parents that goes out and to do their work is exposed to the virus and it maximizes the risk that something happens there. So so in those cases, it might make sense to kind of say, you know what, the kids should stay with one parent maybe during that time. At least until everything calms down or the parent uh, decides to uh, take some time off and uh, that would be another, another option. But definitely, I mean, at the end of the day, like I mentioned before, we try to minimize the risk for the kids, in that case, that would actually make sense. As I was saying uh, before, I wasn't sure what exactly was out there, and I decided to go back and take a look on the internet what I could find about child custody and uh, divorce and if there was anything out there. And after doing a bit of research, I finally found a case that was actually here in Canada. So it was a case uh, dated March 24, 2020. So it's been about 10 days. So it's very recent. And uh, it was a, court, uh, a case in the Superior Court of Justice, Family Court in uh, Hamilton, Ontario. And the case is Ribeiro versus Wright. As the result of the COVID-19 and the coronavirus there, this actually caused the suspension of the regular Superior Court of Justice and all the operations at this time. So those are not really, uh, I guess, essential service for the moment. So there's just a minimum of people doing triage at the moment of the cases that come in and actually look at what's urgent or not. If I look at the case here, which I have in front of me, I mean, the parties I joined custody of uh, this nine-year-old son, and it's been a couple years, 2012. Currently, they have uh, access arrangement that's been set in their uh, agreement for a visitation and having the child uh, custody. And the mother actually brought an urgent motion to suspend basically all in-person access because of COVID-19. So what it says is basically the mother um, didn't want the father to have access to the, the child during this pandemic uh, to obviously minimize the risk and for different types of reason, but uh, that was the uh, the request. So what the mother was saying in this case is that she was performing uh, social distancing on her side, but she didn't think that her ex-husband was uh, doing it well enough or was doing it at all. So uh, for the safety of the child, it would have been better to stay with his mom at the the main residence in this case. So this case made it in front of a triage judge, and basically the triage judge decided not to authorize this uh, matter, uh, proceeding as an urgent hearing at this time. So... He didn't think it was something that he wanted to pursue uh, at the moment. And he gave a couple of reasons why, and those are valid reasons. So obviously, the main, I guess the main concern and the main priority is always the safety of the child or the children. And at the same time, uh, what they say on one hand, uh, there was court order about the child custody, how it would be, how it's supposed to go. And basically, this should be followed as, as it is. On the other hand, obviously, you know, there's directive from the government and from pretty much uh, all the different levels of government and the city and everything to practice social distancing and also to minimize the time that we go out or get in contact with people. So that really also could mean that the less the kids go around and go out from one house to the other, the better it is. So let kind of have those two things to balance out. Basically, what the judge was saying is, you know, this is really uncharted <laughs> territory because at the moment, I mean, it's the first time we kind of go through something like this and there's not really any cases or rules on what to do on, in those cases. They're really trying to propose the best solution in this case. The other thing is, obviously, what they ask is the parents to be flexible. And also, as a judge in a court system, they also have to be flexible, but definitely the parents to be flexible and understanding that this is a special situation. The other point is nobody really knows how long this crisis will last, right? Basically, it could last another month, another two months, another six months, or maybe another year. So nobody knows. But the the most important thing, obviously, the children's lives, but also the relationship with their parents. So that's what he was kind of bringing it up. And I think think it's important that I read exactly what the, the judge said about the children and the relationship with both parents. In many respects, we are going to have to put our lives on hold until COVID-19 is resolved. But children's lives and important family relationships cannot be placed on hold indefinitely without risking serious emotional harm and upset. A blanket policy that children should never leave their primary residence, even to visit their, their parents, is inconsistent with a comprehensive analysis of the best interests of the child. In troubling and disorienting times, children need the love, guidance, and emotional support of both parents, now more than ever. For me, that's really the most important sentence in, in this whole uh, document. First of all, the children are scared. Uh, they see what's happening outside, and they don't know. I mean, they've never gone through that. The parents are scared, too, because it's also their first time. And it's really that time that children need their parents there. And the relationship with their parents is very important in that time, and so that they feel uh, secured and understood and that on top of this I think what the judge is kind of hinting to is on top of all this the the child doesn't need to be separated from his parents unless there's uh, valid reasons for it like we uh, discussed a bit before. So yeah, that was kind of interesting. I think what basically the court says or the judge says for the remaining of the, uh, the different points on the judgment is basically you know, they kind of count on the parents to get into an agreement and Basically, following the existing parenting arrangement and schedule. So basically, you say they say this should continue. And the, those were set before, and they are still valid at the moment, unless something really uh, puts uh, the life of the of the children at risk. Also, I think one thing that's important is we talk about keeping the visiting arrangement and everything else. But it can also be like we know. I think everybody at the end of the day have to be flexible, and we know things will change. And maybe certain times will be better to keep the kids in one place just to minimize the risks. And maybe some of the time it's better that the kids are with the other parent for a little while. Again, the key here is to be flexible on on this part and try to get arrangement between the two parents. And there's also another situation too that was brought up and it's actually mentioned in the court hearing too is uh, what about those blended family situation? So we have one side as uh, remarried or has boyfriend, girlfriend and they have kids there. So how do we how do we manage that? because at the moment I mean you're trying to keep your kids safe uh, between you and your ex-partner. But at the same time, there's more people involved now in that equation. So should everybody be isolated on their own? And sometimes it's not possible, obviously, if, <laughs> if you live with your new girlfriend or a wife, and what do you do? You can't kick them out. So those kind of get in the picture as well. So I think, uh, again, the judge basically briefly uh, talked about that as well. The same thing applies as before. I think it's all about sitting down, looking at the situation, looking at the risks, and really trying to minimize the risk as much as you can. And the discussion needs to happen between the ex-spouses as well, from both sides, you and your ex-partner, and same thing with if you have a partner with their ex-partner as well. This has to be discussed so that everybody's aware first, and also everybody agrees or feels safe, or at least the safest they can in those arrangements. So I think that's important because sometimes we tend to forget about that. But obviously, the more people in a household, the more possible interaction they have. And sometimes you don't have control about that. You know, when it's your own child, uh, it's easy to control what they do. But when you have uh, other children in the house or people around there, it gets a bit bit harder to, to manage that. So again, I think at the end of the day, after all this, the key message that was part of the judge, the transcript from uh, the triage judge, is really, they kind of trust the parents to make the best decisions and encourage them to discuss and come up with solution, keeping the kids' safety at the top of the priority list. So making sure the kids are safe. So that's the number one. And also trying to keep the, the current arrangement as much as possible, or again, come up with an agreement. That's what came out of, uh, of that case. All that said as well, uh, I think the transcript also finished by the judge saying that obviously there's some other cases that would probably need to go in front of a judge and go to court. And uh, basically the directive that uh, the triage judge gives is, those will be a case per case basis. So they're not all rejected. Uh, there might be cases where the safety of the children are at sake, so they will actually uh, look at those cases in an urgent manner with, with uh, in front of a judge. So they leave that actually open on that. But the key message is that would have to be really uh, a case where it's clearly stated that the safety of the children are at stake. And in this case, for example, in the case that I w- I'm just talking about, even though the dad didn't provide all the information required and you know the mom was pushing to have the kids on her side, the judge decided still that it would be best to leave the arrangement as is because... It didn't consider that as the children being in an unsafe position. Also, one of the comment from the judges, people might think, why does not anything set yet on that? And, you know, it's family court. They should know about it and they should know what to do. But I think uh, what the, they were saying is in family court, basically, they're used to deal with, you know, parental disputes and all this stuff but we have to keep in mind that right now the situation is really a unique one and it's really not business as usual so that's why it makes all this uh, a bit uh, trickier and a bit uh, harder to deal with so i think that a few things to keep in mind during this time is really i think everybody's struggling every member of the family the community everybody's struggling with what's happening now and uh, i think looking at you know the families and the cases the families with their uh, their children i think there's a few things to keep in mind There's the disruption of our lives and anxiety. I mean, it's really stressing everybody out. So we have to keep that in mind. It's also even more confusing for the children. They might have really a difficult time understanding what's happening, depending on how old they are. So it can be quite difficult for them when they turn on the TV and all they hear and all they see and all they hear about from their parents as well is is this coronavirus, which again, it's affecting our lives. But from the point of view of a a child, it might be... It might be really, really hard. Also, I mean, like I said before, you know, in scary times, I mean, the children really need all the adults that they can in their lives. And they need them to behave like in a proper manner as well. They need to feel that uh, the adults are there for them and they're trying to do the best to keep them safe and protect them. Also, I mean, there's children that are more vulnerable than other ones. And a lot of the children might need some reassurance that everything is going to be okay as well so it's really up to the adults and parents to provide that and to comfort them as well. I think the key element that was also discussed and mentioned is with all that's happening out there really right now, I mean what the family the different families need is more cooperation and basically less litigation. So really trying to do their best to make this as easy as they can for their uh, their children and their family. So I think that will be it for this week. I really want to thank everyone for joining and listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. It, Those are tough times we're going through, but I wish each and every one of you uh, the best and also keep safe. If this is the first episode you're listening to, there's a few more uh, available as well on all the different podcast platforms on iTunes or Podbean or Spotify. You can find me there. Uh, If you want to email me because you have some questions or comment, uh, please do. The address is the divorcedaddiaries at gmail.com. I also have a Facebook group, uh, The Divorced Dad Diaries as well, that you can join. And I can also be found on Twitter, on Instagram as well. So pretty much everywhere. So feel free to reach out or if you just want to say hi, please uh, don't hesitate. So I hope you have a great week and I'm really looking forward to uh, talking with you next time. So be safe and talk to you soon. Bye.